ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ball Watching. Full season edition. We are done and dusted with our first inaugural regular season here at St. Louis City SC. The Ball Watching boys are done. A little exasperated after a pretty long season here, but we still got some reserves left in the tank here to deliver some playoff content. We'll go as long as we have to, man. And I hope this team has plenty, plenty more to offer. But Justin, watching that match last night, you were there. I wasn't able to get to it. I had a wedding. Um, how, how was the vibe at City Park? The vibe was incredible. Uh, I mentioned it to multiple people. I think the TIFO was the largest that I've ever seen. It was almost yeah. the width of the supporter section. It was awesome. Vibe was great. I know ticket prices started to drop. Um, and, I, and I think that, unfortunately, is to people not understanding that there was still a lot to play for in this game. Yeah. Um, for us and for Seattle, I think they're like, oh, we locked up the West. Like, why do we care? No, a lot to play for. Um, and we did not play for it, in my opinion. Uh, it, yeah. A lot of ups and downs, but I felt the vibe was very good at City Park overall. Yeah, no, it sounded good. I watched the second half live, and I was able to watch uh, the first half back, and um, it sounded good. Tifa was incredible. Totally agree. One word summary, Jess. If you had to say something, I'll start. Give you a second here. I am going to say my one word's more of a result of the last probably like ten or so games of the season, and I feel like it's sputtering. It, 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 we're we're moving forward, but it's not at the pace I think or the rhythm that we'd like to be, and I it worries me a little bit. And I texted you about this heading into the playoffs. That, you know, if you look at it, and we'll get to the very, the very end here, I kind of broke our season onto three phases. This has been the least strong I think we've been through form, through form. I'm not saying ring the alarm bells, we're going to get beaten round one, but uh, I think you would have liked to have seen a better run in for the team. No, I would completely agree with that. I, I took a screenshot of a tweet earlier this week, and I meant to, I meant to send it to you, Jake, and I don't think I did. Um, one of the guys that uh, talks about, like, who's in, who's out, we had no nobody questionable, nobody injured. And they, someone was like, is this the first time this year? Like, no, it's the second. But I feel like I will say I think that's a plus to Bradley Carnell for the amount of times that we've, we've rotated guys through. We're not overplaying guys, things like that. Um, but I would agree. I think this, this time period that we've had right now is not great going into the playoffs. Um, we'll talk about who we could possibly play, obviously, now that the wild card games are set. Um, but my one-word summary, thanks to you, as we were talking about before this, is sideswipes. It's just it, and never a good word that you want to talk about. And I left my car at Tam Ave last night. I went to Tam yesterday for the Mizzou game, and then I went straight to the pitch. I left my, game, or I left my car at Tam, and I picked it up this afternoon after a golf tournament, and I was sideswiped. And my mirror is down, and that's why, I, I mean, it just kind of describes the game as well. It's just like one of those very quick, like, we probably – my car should have been fine. We should have been fine, and it wasn't. I don't know what happened last night, to be honest. Yeah, like the car's still there, but it's not what you want it to be. It's missing. Oh, the no, way. absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> and it could have been a lot worse. Like, we're still first in the West. Right. The car could have been a lot worse. Like, my door's fine. Everything else is fine. Just my mirror is just hanging when I get to my when I get to my car this morning. So, we're still first in the West. My car was still there. My doors were still intact. But now we're not looking good going into yeah. the playoffs. Justin, I think that's your best one-word summary of the year, and you saved it for the last recap. K kudos to you, man. That, that's a good one. That's yeah, good I one. really, I really thought about it. Considering I, I, Jake's giving himself a lot of applause right here because that was he was like, "Why don't you make that your one-word summary?" So yeah, my best word of the year was given to me by you, 
Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Hey, you know what? You, you got to take what you can get sometimes. Uh, but uh, let, let's. Oh my God, dude, uh, the, the car thing. <laughs> that, that city of St. Louis. That city of St. Louis driving for you. But I love how you tied it into the team. Incredible. Uh, but let's talk about some of the positives. Last night, I actually think there was quite a few positives from watching. Agreed. The the I'd say kind of the first 25, 30 of the first half all the way up into the VAR review, and then. There was chunks in the first half of good moments for us. And I'd say, actually, when I watched the first five minutes of that first half on the replay this morning, I thought we were buzzing, man. The way we started that game, two great chances, one from Klaus in the what second or third minute, another from uh, from AZ on a flick header off of a free kick. Dude, that Klaus opportunity, it, it's got to find – it's got to at least got to find on goal. It, at the I, I Against Seattle, that's got to find the net. And sure. – I mean, unfortunately, that that thing was just hot air balloon, dude. That yeah. that needs to be. I mean, what was a sitter just just past the PK spot? Yeah, like, I can understand. He, like eyes are lighting up, trying to strike through the ball, but that needs to be at least on that. Like you said, Jake, like force them to make a save, and there's a great chance that he won't make a save with how close you are and how much power you put on it. But like we talked about, that would completely change the entirety and the outlook of everybody for that. And I, he just absolutely skyrocketed. He did, and that that to me is a fine margin thing. Like you, you, it's the second minute. You're like, ah, God, I, I should not have missed that. But you know, I'll get another one, and you, you don't. You don't get another one like that quality. Uh, so for me, it's a, a team like Seattle. You know, look at their stupid goal, which we'll get to in the second one where they had the deflection. That guy gets to the end line, gets the cross, and he squares it up enough uh, to the point where Berkey's kind of leaning a little bit off his line. But him getting his foot wrapped around it, making it possible to cross that ball, means they get the deflection, they get the second goal. So you just got to put yourself, give yourself a shot, at least just find on find the goal, at least find the goal, make the goal and make a save, or hit somebody's body. I don't care. It's just skying it over is just oh, so frustrating. And unfortunately, the next three highlights that we have here, and I agree with it, it was defensive uh, mindset of things that we have. Like Berkey on the 11-minute off his year, off his line to make a stop on through ball. He's done that all year. I feel like he did it literally multiple times throughout the game. I don't think we had to note each one of them. But the fact that he is so quick off his line or playing at the top of the 18, like any through ball they have, he's playing like literally a, um, a stopper and a – wow. I'm sweeper. Sweeper. Thank you. Yeah. I was a sweeper. I couldn't even think of the name. He is literally playing like a sweeper. He's a sweeper keeper. Um, and stepping up and doing that for us, I thought that was great. I would say literally a minute later in the 12th, Blom did a great track back and a cut back at the top of the box that he cut out himself. I thought Blom overly had a great game and a game that he needed to, especially like cutting out things that they had with their cutbacks and or right at the top of the box. I feel like he was always in there making a block, which specifically again, and I'll let you touch on this one a little bit more, was Nilsson's huge block in the 15th as well. It's unfortunate, yeah. though, that after those first five minutes, like you said, we need to be clinical in front of net because then our next highlights for the next, what, 20 minutes, we're defensive. And, like, if we yeah. actually score one of those goals, completely different game. Yeah, it is. Two things I want to say quickly to that. Blum, I've actually, I, I thought he had a good first half, too. Weird. We played a 4 2 2 2 last night, right? Yeah, 4 2 2 2. Yeah. yeah. And you had Blum and Watts playing together. The Watts experiment still, I, I don't think, is one that we keep, we can keep going back to. I think Blum's got to be the lone six there. And he was pulled at half. And it, it looked like it was a tactical thing and not, you know, anything, anything related to injury, you know, hopefully, praise be to God. But, uh, it didn't work for me. And so I, I thought that, I was, that was confusing for me. I thought Nilsson 
he looked every bit of the player I feel like we we were wanting to see last night. And it's great he's reaching that peak in form right now. At least I thought he had a really strong night. Big tackles, big body. I mean, last-ditch challenges. I thought he was a leader, and to me, he looked the best of our defenders last night consistently. Oh, I completely agree with that. I I don't – I thought – you know what? I was going to wait till we get to, like, play ratings. What is going on? Why are we throwing um, – why are we throwing him into the midfield again? I mean, we're talking about, yeah. like, Stroud didn't start, Thor didn't start. But we're going to put a Keel Watts up there? Like, I understand, like, Derwinski doing a great job. But, like, we're having a rotational problem in our right back and left back. But then we're going to just, oh, Akil Watts, we deserve to throw you in the midfield. For what reason? Was it offensive, defensive? Didn't provide anything, in my opinion, for us. And then obviously taking out at halftime, like, yep, that experiment sucks. So let's actually put the guys that we need in there. And we'll put Stroud in there and everybody else. And it's like, why did he start? Like, where where yeah. do you think, and, and question you, Jake, what was Carnell's thoughts on that? Because I thought for sure we were going to start this game with a playoff mentality. And there's no chance that Watts is starting in the midfield in a playoff game, in my opinion. I I think it was an approach from Carnell to take a little bit more pragmatism to trying to play with a little bit more sturdy defense in front of our back four and protect them a little bit. But I feel like Seattle exposed us the most down the flanks. So Watts wasn't really even a, a factor there. And I, besides that, maybe he wanted to see Leuven get more of a chance up, you know, up front with with az and i'm not gonna say that doesn't work i think leuven has a lot to offer up there but i i go i keep going back to i just leuven playing split between offensive and defensive duties is always his best version for me like that's in the eight position i think a guy like indy is pretty similar you can do both pretty well um but i, I was confused by that to be totally honest and it, it was not the it was not our best 11 in my opinion um i think you also need to get like a dinner in that can create on his own entirely doesn't need to be involved in all the link up play and he can use his athleticism and his, what his skills that he has. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that with the player ratings, but I agree a lot of personnel questions. I think last night, so I'd be curious to crawl into Carnell's brain and see what was behind some of these decisions. Well, also we were down two out half. I know we'll talk about the low lights, but I was sitting, I, I was talking to everybody else around us. And it was like, you put a dinner in and on the, what was it? The 77th minute. Like, what are you expecting to do? Score three goals and us get out of here with a dub? That just felt like a very late change for me. And then the only chance we had, I mean, we'd halftime, Indy on for Blum and Jared Shroud on for Kill Watts. Love Shroud getting on at that point. Indy on, fine. They just got off the little U.S. men's national team um, stand for the Olympics. But I don't understand why we waited so long to put a dinner in. And we're already down to like, at what point, like, Oh, are we trying to get a goal at that point? Like, yeah. there's no chance the man can score two goals in 13 minutes. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's go to the players, but I, I do want to just kind of finish <laughs> up here on some of the. No, we're, this is good. This is good conversation. I mean, this is questions that hopefully are being asked internally uh, as well. But I do think there was a lot of good defensive highlights. I think Markinick had a, had a decent game. Um, he was contributing up top as well. Did a little one-two with Klaus in the 28th minute that led to an awesome cutback cross. No one could get on the end of Blum had a volley, just a screamer in the 29th minute. That thing had eyes. I think it sent Stefan Fry like three feet backwards, but he got his, his hands in front of it. I mean, it was a great, it was a great volley. The one thing I'll say, and I love that out of Blum because we talked about it, that, that man, when he hits a shot, it's either an absolute ripper on net or it's literally touching highway 40. Because it's going out of the stadium completely. Uh, but the one thing I will say on that one, 
and a little bit of a low light there. I think Markinick needs to get his head up. I was so upset. Like, the ball came out to him, and he took a touch, and he had his head down the entire time. Take a guy on. Get a little aggressive there. And I, the only reason that it dropped to Blum, it was not a directly from Markinick to Blum. It was a ball in right. from Markinick, and it was like a poor clearance by them yeah. that got out to Blum. And I'm like, take a touch. Get your head up. Find somebody. And, I, and that'll come, I think, with maturity as he grows a little bit more with the team. But um, the other thing that I'll say in the, other, in the first half, two more highlights – Lubin had a dipping free kick uh, that he had there, and I love re- Lubin free kicks as well. Yeah. And I should have taken, uh, should have taken him with over one shot on goal. I think it was honestly plus money last night. Yeah. Uh, him to have like two shots total was plus money. But um, and then also you have one here for uh, Nico blocks the long switch, falls to Klaus, who looks to have a great chance on goal, but blocked as well. That's just another block by them. But I wanted to. That's that's kind of how I felt the entirety at least of the first half with Nico and Joao a lot of good chances but we couldn't ever get one to like actually maybe feel like wow that should have been a goal I feel like there's a lot of blocks a lot of like last or or like a last touch or a last pass with those guys and we didn't get there last night and that made me anxious I would say yeah no I I agree and I want to talk about Nico a little bit into here as, as well but I, you know, and when I, when I, so I was able to get home for basically the whole entire second half. And it just seeing that sample size, I was amazed. The first 15, 20 minutes, Aziel Jackson grabbed this game by the throat and he was doing, he was pulling every string. He looks like a man possessed out there. He just playing so far above his age and his weight. He just turned 22. He looked, incredible he had a good volley in the 47th minute great build up in the 54th minute with the team uh had a shot just kissed the crossbar on his own we talk about his finishing ability still want to see some more there but he was at least looking for it last night um there was another great combination i just there were some pings last night some back and forth some tiki taka soccer from the boys you saw a situation with nico klaus leuven uh combined right around the 60th minute and it led to a leuven shot uh just going wide but for just tuning in at that point, uh, after really just seeing the highlights of the first half, I was really impressed. And then the VAR review really for me was the signal uh, for us where I feel like we lost every bit of wind in our sails. No, I would completely agree. I mean, not only the VAR review, but I mean, just their goal. That's the, the place oh, yeah. just lost air. And it was tough because I feel like the TIFO, everybody was amped. It was a beautiful night, 8 p.m. Saturday night. Pitch was popping. Everybody was outside. It was incredible. But once they had that goal, it absolutely took the wind out of our sails. Jake, let's talk just quickly in the next minute and a half or so. Yeah. What else do you have from highlights? I know we have a couple couple buildups and AZ in the 54th had a great buildup through AZ and kiss off the crossbar. Um, we have one in the 59th, great combination from Nico, Klaus, and Leuven. Leads to a Leuven shot just wide. Like otherwise, Leuven had another free kick. Um, but other than that, dude, yeah, I just there was nothing where I was like, "Dang, that should have actually been a goal," and I felt like we should have got back into this. From the yeah, from the 60th on, and we'll correlate this to the lowlights. It was pretty dead, and all, yeah. most of my highlights are all around Berkey. Uh, he, I will say that that 85th minute save with the top hand um, on the Nicholas Ladero's free kick. That's one of the hardest saves to make personally. That I, I think as a goalkeeper, I mean, because you're at full stretch using the top hand to parry it over. And I mean, just textbook, textbook safe hands play, just further cementing his case. He's the goalkeeper of the year. There is no other debate. Um, anything else is heresy uh, at this point. But I think he had, a, he had a really, really strong night. And I think overall, 
not a, not a great night for us as a team, as a full 90 performance, but it also could have been, I've seen much worse from this team and I, I've seen much better. I think this kind of falls into the could have been better or closer than two, nothing on the scoreline. I think we were hard done by that. Um, and I think Seattle was pretty fortunate, especially with that second goal that they had. We had more, more shots. We had, same shots on target. I don't think many of the pundits or those after the game really took a look at these stats because we had more passes as well. We were very, very much in this game. It's just that when it came down to it, Seattle was able to finish and and we weren't. And and they got some good luck on their side with that second goal. But you know what? That You got to create luck. You got to create situations like that. So, you know, hats off to them. They got the result. I think they were the better team, but I do not think this was our worst game and this is a referendum on this team. No, I thought I thought it was relatively a pretty equal game. I thought that they finished the two big chances. Where is it at on here? We're looking at stats. How many big chances did they have? Do we have this on here? Ooh, if not, actually, like- yeah, good call. I don't know if we had the big chances on here, but it. I don't think. Oh yeah, big chances. Uh, Seattle had actually zero. We had one, and I think that was Klaus's. Um, right. But think about Seattle's chances. That first goal, that was a good finish on that guy. Great build yeah. up. Great play. I mean, we had our own mistakes we'll talk about. But that second goal goal wasn't even a chance whatsoever. That was literally a cross that just extremely, I mean, unfortunate on our end. But, I mean, overall, I felt like it was a very even game. I thought that they finished their one solid chance, I guess we're not going to call it big. And then absolute bullshit. They're bull crap, sorry. (laughs) On the – okay, we're we're family friendly, but that's fine. Uh, On their cross, the fact that that went in, I thought that was ridiculous as well. So – I honestly don't think we played awful. We just didn't look good. And I think it's it's sitting a little bit heavier in my head and the fact that that's our last game before we go into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I, I fully agree with that. Well, this is a perfect transition to the lowlights here. So talk about some of the positives. I don't think that was our best 11 last night. I really thought it was important to roll out the best 11 before you have to play your best 11 in your first playoff game. It just didn't. Putting Nico back in after they Nico and Klaus haven't started together, I don't think since Klaus was hurt, haven't started together. I don't I know they've played maybe some minimal minutes together, but that's that hasn't been done. They haven't done that. Why would they go back to it right now? It's been a Denaran and Klaus up top rolling with that. I feel like recent that was confusing. Doing the Akil Watts and uh, and Blum in the midfield was weird as well. I just I, I don't get why we're still tinkering with new things right now. I just feel like we we are yearning and just wanting to have some level of consistency and continuity within the team, especially rolling into such a high intensity and, and high stakes environment. And that felt like a weird time for me to, to switch things up. I'm fine. I'm fine with the Nico Klaus thing. Cause I, I would love to get back to it. I feel like I've said that all season. I don't understand still trying to try Watts in the midfield. That makes zero sense to me. Like there is nothing where like, I would love to be like a fly on the wall in the conversation in the coach's room is like, yeah, this this sounds good. And like, what? Like, what? what yeah. I, I'm very confused. Like, is Stroud not playing well? Is right. you don't do you want to try Thor? Like, you think Watts should be playing? And I'd love a kill to play right back. If you do Naransky or Watts in the right back, fine. I feel like that's a debatable situation. But the fact that you're putting him in the midfield just seemed very off to me, and I did not like it whatsoever. They've just always touted that he can do both. And he did both for City 2 last year. But every time they've tried it here in the MLS level, I actually think it's gone really poorly. It hasn't really gone average. It's gone really poorly. And I'm not going to say that he had an awful game last night, but obviously we didn't get a good result. So I'm not going to blame it on Akil Watts. I just don't think that we're setting ourselves up for success going back to it again and again. I would like to just generally say, if anybody can answer this in comments, whatever, 
can you find a game where Akil Watts played midfield and we're like, damn, that was yeah. sexy. Or I, yeah, I don't. Or and then and on the flip point, if you don't like, it's like, oh, he's done average. Find me a game where you're like Jared Stroud or Thor could have done a better job on the left wing, and we bring Leuven back and play with what or Indy or someone. Yeah, or like Indy. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I play like it's. I I just I really don't get that one whatsoever. And now we're going to go into the playoffs. I know for a fact if Kiel Watts starts in the midfield in the playoffs. I will walk out of the stadium, Jake. I'll put it right now. I'll, we'll, we'll go live, whatever. I'll go live from the pitch from the rest of the game. I don't understand why that it was even an option. Hot take. This isn't what's happening, but I'm just going to say it. Maybe it's Carnell's way of of broaching the subject with Lutz and Carolyn Kendall and all the owners to say, this is what I have. If I want to play a dual defensive midfield structure, I don't have another one. So here's what we have, and we know we need to upgrade. And so that's not what he's doing. But – a hundred percent for me, that is the biggest position of need, in my opinion, in terms of reinforcements. I think we absolutely need another defensive central midfielder to add to this team, but we'll talk about that a lot more in the off season, but let's talk about the goals last night. Um, we'll it'll get perfectly into the lowlights. So 23rd minute Seattle scores their first goal. It's a big switch. We've heard this before in goals against for us. Uh, Roldan shows to the ball. He's playing right wing for them. He pulls Nilsson, playing center back for us, way up into the midfield, way out of position. Uh, Nilsson isn't able to get to it. Uh, Roldan ends up getting that ball into Morris. Morris pulls Parker. Parker can't keep up with Morris. It's it's close. It's like a 50-50, but Morris wins it, gets it to the byline. They have a cutback and a great finish. It's just uh, it's a great well-worked play from Seattle. They pulled our defense way out of position. Parker was on the ground, couldn't even recover back to his position, and we're down 1-0. And, and there's some debate here, Jess. I, I did hear about this. Oh, you want to – Yeah, tell us. I thought you were going to go through into it. Yeah. yeah, it was absolutely a debate. Being there, it's like everybody was like – I mean, I thought it was a great finish. The place went dead. Yes. Okay. So what the debate is, long story short, is there was two guys that were technically physically off sides. And now the whole point of the VAR was the fact of if they're off sides, did they interfere with the play? And that's where I think a lot of the fans got it wrong. They kept booing like, oh, that shouldn't be a goal. Those guys were off sides. Like, no, those guys could be 30 yards off sides. Yeah. But if they're not interfering with Roman Berkey's save, it doesn't matter. And, and I will say Rome, Rome did a very good job. If you if you watch the replay, or at least being in the stance, he held on to the ball. He was arguing with the ref, was not throwing it back, because as we talked about um with our counterpart on the refs, if you once the game starts again, you cannot go back. So he was doing very much to like, hey, let's make sure that they have time right. to review this and all of that. And they did. And I will say though that whoever was offsides, I've got the uh Seattle Sounders player that was offsides. He was outside of the goal frame. It was not like it went through his legs and he opened his legs and like let it go in. It did not affect Roman's save uh, or attempt to make the save. He was completely outside of it. It was a good finish. Roman being upset, just trying to grab anything that he can at that point, and I respect him for that. But they, they got that correct on the field and then in the VAR as well. It did go to VAR, and there was no overturning. Yeah, I agree. Unless we're not seeing a, a certain angle, I'm I'm fully behind that. As well, and that's another highlight for me in general, transition defense. That's where that goal came from. We've looked exposed well, 
well into the season uh, consistently with, with transition defense. We just look like we don't know what to do when things go wrong. Um, when we lose the ball in dangerous positions. And that was an example of that. Uh, we conceded again in the 38th minute, just short of the first half. Um, it was a long boot from Stefan Fry, Seattle's goalkeeper. Nilsson got up, won it like a dog. Uh, Leuven was there for the second ball, but then gave it away. And our whole midfield, Blum, Watts, Leuven, is now behind the ball, meaning they're on Seattle's part of this half. And Seattle's charging forward with their left back, who lays in um, a little through ball, and it's you know nicked back on um, a cutback and the cutback deflects off Parker. Who's trying to close this angle down really unfortunate. Berkey's just starting to lean because he's going to see this cross come in, see if he can field it or at least get something on it. And it beats him to the near post. He can't do anything about it. And that's just one of those things that you talk about deflating, letting in a goal like that is the epitome of deflating. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the one thing I'll say otherwise of, Low lights. I want to get your thoughts on this, Jake, on the Nico draws PK in 67. What were your actual feels on that, on it getting overturned? Not a, not a penalty. At no. All. No, I, I, no problem. I, yeah. And I will say, I, I feel like when we talk with George about this, I, I feel like they did a good job last night. Um, there was, I mean, there was definitely boos that you'll hear from everybody else, but I thought the referee crew did a, a, a pretty good job overall last night. Yeah. I, I didn't have any concerns. I know some people did. The one thing I did, I will say, and this gets to the very end here, um, was in the 90 plus four, a lot of antics going on. We're getting a little emotional. I think starting to bubble over because we're just frustrated. And there was Klaus and Stroud. Klaus was just, God, you don't see that version of him very often. Um, and Stroud got elbowed in the face by Ladero, which it was definitely an elbow in the face. I'm not saying it was violent, um, but it also looked like he got away with something there. And I, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. I'm not saying that's the way he lost the game or anything, but that looked a little weird. Like he just kind of, he got a yellow card, uh, but he did kind of get away with it. And you, I like to see the fight in us. I like to see us get our bell rung a little bit and see how we stick around. Cause you saw Klaus just fired up last night and rightfully so. It was a frustrating night for this team. Seattle fouled us incessantly when we were on breaks as well, which is kind of what we do to opponents. So, you know, I, I, I do hope that we learn this lesson, you know, obviously very quickly uh, heading into this, this round one. But again, it was a competitive match. So I don't think Seattle could tell you anything differently. Uh, and I could, I could see this game being flipped uh, very easily had it been our night. Oh, absolutely. I would completely agree. I, I, yeah, it got a little a little testy at the end, but I mean, we're down 2 nothing. It's not like yeah. it's going to actually matter to anything. So, uh, Jake, I was going to say, we can hop into player ratings. There's not a whole lot to talk about. But before we get there, I'm going to do a little promo. If you're listening to us live, smash that like button, get on Spotify, get on Apple, leave us a review, give us five stars, give us one star regardless. Tell us what we need to do better, what we're doing great, what we appreciate. DM us anytime you want, Instagram, Twitter, get to series6.com, uh, series6company.com, and get 15% off using code BALLWATCHING. Get to soljuice.com, get 20% off using the code BALLWATCHING as well. Um, and you will enjoy a great Sunday juice. And or if you're working after like after a workout or just trying to get over a hangover or just in general, if you just like to taste of Korean pear juice, lemon and water. Incredible. And then also get to the pitch. I was there twice this week and spent an awesome amount of time yesterday um, afternoon and into the night before and after the game. They kill it as always. It was absolutely packed. So get to the pitch. Continue to go there. And Jake. Uh, before we get into the player ratings, I wanted to ask you thoughts on timing 
of the playoff game. I know we've seen some things on Twitter, yeah. and that's probably what a lot of people are listening in to hear, like, oh, do we have locked in time or not? From what I've heard and what we've seen on Twitter, Sunday night, 7 p.m. or 9 p.m., if it's 9 p.m., I will raise hell. I don't understand how the first overall team or first in the West can have yeah. a 9 p.m. in our local time of St. Louis. Yeah, we will raise hell, but we will be raising hell from our seats. We're oh, definitely going to be Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be yelling everywhere. Yeah, uh, we, we, will be, we will be coming for heads. But yeah, that is that is the situation, unfortunately. Um, but you know what is what it is. We'll, we will absolutely show out. City Park will be none the different because of that. Um, but I will say player ratings. I'm not going to spend much time here, Justin. I'm just no. going to say my my heart and soul of the team last night was Aziel Jackson. There is just no case to be made that existed. I know you and I have gone back and forth on it. I've been a big AZ guy, like I feel like since we began this season, that he has to start. Any important game that you're in, he has to start. He is the lifeblood creative player that we have. Leuven also has some of that in him as well. But Aziel Jackson is maybe first guy in the team sheet for me at this point. Yeah, no, I thought I would say for sure the heart and soul, soul juice of the team is AZ. I, yeah. I, there was no one, I mean, with a couple of highlights from like Lubin on free kicks, things like that, but AZ is the most exciting point of this team right now. And I love where he's at. And he's the one that needs to get this locker room vibe in coming yep. into the playoff game. So completely agree with that. As we look into prediction, Graham reviews, Jake, you predicted a 2 1 loss, which is absolutely ridiculous in my mind, but good for you for calling out a loss so congrats but you lost uh your second half yep, second half over one and a half goals i also took that on the side once you said that yep. i texted you asking what are your locks you didn't yeah. respond so i just went back to our doc and yeah. i'm pretty sure we lost every single one of our bets so yep. uh yeah uh i had city over one and a half goals period uh hammered that and i predicted a 2-1 dub so uh, red night for the ball watching boys. Yeah, we'll be back in the green though on this first playoff game. I have a feeling, but the golden question and one that we're going to get into much deeper in the previews. This is just a little bit, a little teaser for you all is where do we go from here? There's no more magic number. There's no more regular season games. There's no more movement. We are on a clean slate. Close the book. The records don't matter right now. The first season doesn't matter right now. This is a new season. We are in the MLS Cup playoffs. We are in round one, and we are waiting for our opponent who will play in the wild card match on Wednesday night at 8.30, Sporting Kansas City. I'm lifting the lifting the, the band for now. Is going That's to host. Weird. Yep, they're going to host San Jose Earthquakes uh, on Wednesday night, like I said, at 8.30 in KC. Should be a fun one. I am expecting Kansas City to mop the floor with them. They are just a hot, hot team right now. And they played like it last night as well. So that's going to determine our opponent. It's a one game off. There's no ties. This is the game that picks the, the opponent for us, who will then play on Sunday night against us. And likely, Justin, I'm, I'm not sure on this either, but Sunday is looking like our first game. Wednesday, I imagine, would probably be our second game away. And then if there is the need for a third game, Feast your eyes. We could, be, we could be looking at a Saturday night in St. Louis game three elimination. Uh, not that I want to get there, uh, but could be cool as well. No, I would agree with that. The one thing I do want to note, and we get all these things and kind of how this happened. So you already mentioned who we could possibly play, obviously, with the San, uh, San Jose versus Kansas City game in Kansas City. Unfortunately, with our L, we are now the fourth overall in Sporter Shield. So Cincinnati, Orlando, 
and Columbus have more points than us. So if we were lucky enough to make the playoffs, or sorry, make the playoffs, make the final, um, we would be on the road if we played Cincinnati, Orlando, or Columbus. The odds of one of those three teams not being in the final are pretty slim. So that was the tough point about this last night with Columbus beating Montreal 2-1. to one. And I do want to give a quick shout-out as well. Congratulations to the New York Red Bulls and Tom Barlow. Full 90, full 90 minutes last night for Tom. They got a 90th plus four-minute PK um, to hop into the playoffs. And now they are hosting the wildcard game at home for Charlotte. And so Tom's going to be playing, and I'm so pumped. So congrats, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Tom Barlow, Chaminade grad, good friend of, of the pod here. Uh, we, we grew up playing with them, so couldn't be more proud of a hometown hometown guy like that. Um, I do want to say before we leave off here, I'm going to talk about form in, in the preview, Justin. I'm deciding here because I have some interesting things to say about that. But who do you want? Love to hear all thoughts here. If you're listening to this on YouTube or anything, honestly, shoot us your thoughts. I, personally, for me, between San Jose and sporting, not a debate. It, you have unless you're just rooting for rivalry matches that would be sporting if you're rooting for us to win statistically and stylistically it's san jose san jose has got to be your 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 pick for us to play it, at least ideally I, I think sporting will be our opponent now because uh, i just think they they're just so so on fire uh and san jose is not and they they've kind of blown it to get to this point to be totally honest and we've had their number defeated them twice this season we also defeated sporting twice but we lost them away um, so we'll have a lot more of a breakdown here when we come to our preview. Uh, but just to give you a teaser here, like I said, 3-0, we beat San Jose at home, 2-1 away. They dominated possession in both games, but we played a classic city-style game, had more XG. Even that second game, we played a super rotated 11. Um, in San Jose, in the last 10, they're number 23 in the MLS. They're kind of limping their way into the playoffs here. We're number 17. But sporting is the flip opposite. Yeah, it's your soccer capital, Classico. It'd be fun to play a big playoff series against them. But playing a team potentially six times in a season does not sound very fun to me. They're going to figure it out at some point or really learn how to, how to play against us, in my opinion. And they've been solid. This team over the last 10 is number four overall in the MLS. So this is a team that really found form, put it together, and got to the playoffs because they were able to find it. San Jose is the flip side. Um, so I think you, you got to want San Jose if you want success. But with that said, I'm confident in this team either way. I'm, I'm very confident. Um, I will say I for sure want San Jose. I was just looking up stats. I was looking at this. San Jose is just a two-front guy. With Espinosa has 13 goals. Abobase has 10. Yep. Otherwise, they drop off to three. So yep. those are two guys that we can just focus on. If we have five days, focus on that. We can lock them down. I feel very confident we can beat them two out of three times. Sporting is a more well-rounded team. And then I will also say, anybody that's rooting for like the rivalry game and that, that scares me even more, the fact that a rivalry game can happen. I've talked to a bunch of people today, specifically, and yesterday. I'm like, I don't like this this new format that I'm also trying. I think it's a good idea of like best two out of three, whatever. If you're a road team, it's almost favorable. And hot take, I'll say it right now understand me being like oh you're on the road it's terrible but if you go on the road and you get you just park the bus and get to a game where it's tied and you go straight to pks it's straight to pks if you get the pks and you go back home and you have a chance to lock out a team that's literally a higher seed than you just because now yeah. you're playing at home and you want a game in pks i think that's ridiculous in my opinion so and jake i'm gonna call you out real quick you texted me last night or sorry this morning hot take 
I'm a little worried about the playoffs. And you're talking, and, and very good points you have. We've won twice since August, and those came against Sporting Kansas City, who barely squeezed in, and Minnesota, who's been eliminated. And it's a little scary with how we've been trending wise, yeah. and we're big trend guys. So, big trend guys, big trend guys. Big trend we'll, guys. Have, we'll have plenty of that and more statistics and in, in breaking down this matchup. Probably, I guess, Justin will probably have to record on Thursday. Uh, if Wednesday night is yeah. the, the wild card game, we'll obviously want to know our opponent, but we've got pr- plenty of content coming for you all here and to kind of reflect on the season and get ready here. But, um, bottom line, I, I, I'm grateful. I'm so excited for what we just accomplished, but I, I almost just want to go clean slate here. Like it doesn't matter anymore. No teams like, Oh, look what we did this regular season anymore. It's look at what can, what we can do now in the next. And I part. feel like this, this was overly a very, I would say a, compared to a couple of recaps, pretty negative. I'm you just wait for the, just wait for the preview. This is exciting. I want everybody to appreciate and maybe take these couple days to be like, wow, what a hell of a regular season that this team put together. Take that in tough last game, but now is when it matters. And now we put game face on no more smiles, no more smiles in the stands. This is when it gets serious. And this is when I want these guys to step up. And I really honestly do think they will. I think this is where Carnell has done well, um, coaching throughout the season and rotating guys in. This is where the chemistry builds up and really shows with how well these guys like each other. We have no one injured. No one's questionable. This is when we get at it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Got to stick in the locker room for the pregame speech here. It's going to be fantastic. We've got a full week to prep for it now. Sunday night is what it's looking like. Our first ever playoff game in the MLS in St. Louis. We will be hosting the winner of Sporting Kansas City in San Jose, likely on Sunday night. So everyone stay tuned for that news to be confirmed. Uh, But we'll be back with you all on Thursday for a full preview of this playoff fixture. I'm grinning ear to ear right now. I'm so excited for this. What a, what a way uh, to, to get into October and November in the, in these playoffs. So I'm so stoked, man, but um, everyone take care, have a great week and we'll talk to you on Thursday. All for city. All for city.